Vladimir Putin's momentous constitutional reform proposals are seen as a means of enabling him to retain power and influence after he steps down from the presidency in 2024. The proposed changes are wide-ranging, overhauling the country's system of governance. They will be put to a referendum, but even if they are approved, their sheer scale might make them difficult to implement. With me to discuss the risks and challenges Putin faces in pushing forward with his plans is one of Alaco's Russian experts, Nathan Andrews. Nathan, let's start by briefly summarising the key elements of the reforms and their overall significance. Well, Vladimir Putin used his annual address to the Federal Assembly to propose a range of amendments to the Russian constitution, effectively allowing him room to uh, simultaneously remain in a position of power while significantly curbing the powers of his uh, successor. So the whole effort really is an attempt to solve the 2024 dilemma. Putin knows that the Russian constitution in its current form has reached breaking point. And, you know, as he sees out his fourth term in office, not including the time he spent as prime minister in 2008 while Medvedev was keeping the seat warm. The regime is looking at the long-term picture. They must come up with a blueprint for self-preservation now, and this necessarily entails um, a controlled transition of power, while Putin can, in theory, retreat to the safety of an empowered state council. The reform proposals, hastily adopted by the Duma and put to a constitutional working group, remove from the president the power to appoint the prime minister, giving this responsibility instead to the Duma and to the Federal Assembly, as well as uh, limiting Putin's successor to two consecutive terms in office. So interestingly, uh, it's worth noting that Putin also wants presidential candidates to have lived the last 25 consecutive years in Russia, which is probably an attempt to kind of formally exclude the um, large and politically active Russian international diaspora, many of whom are highly critical of Putin's rule. There has been a lot of talk about the empowered state council, which you mentioned. Well, most importantly, the reforms will grant the state council, which until now has been largely a toothless advisory body, a formal place in Russia's constitution with enhanced powers. Many believe Putin will follow in the footsteps of the former president of Kazakhstan, Nusultan Nazarbayev, and retreat to the safety of an empowered state council where he can remain uh, the country's sort of supreme power broker while the government gets on with the business of running the country. Uh, I should add that the revelation that the new constitutional reforms will enshrine the prevalence of national law over international law is a sign of something that's been a long time coming and has been sort of the, the de facto state of affairs for years now in Russia. The further lack of accountability to international standards is, uh, it seems, a blow to hopes of a movement towards the rule of law in Russia, as is giving the president power to initiate dismissal of constitutional and Supreme Court judges, uh, which effectively will further politicise the judiciary. We also saw the dissolution of Dmitry Medvedev's government. What was the significance of this? Well, there's some evidence that Putin was unhappy with the management of the national projects, which is uh, Russia's $400 billion national infrastructure investment fund, which has been brought about in order to compensate for a lack of direct investment in the economy. It has been said that this is one of the main reasons behind the dissolution of the cabinets. At the same time, Medvedev is disliked by both the Russian political elite and the Russian public, a state of affairs, of course, that was exacerbated in um, mid-2017 with the release of a viral video by anti-corruption activist Alexei Navalny that implicated Medvedev in uh, numerous corruption schemes while, in the, while Prime Minister. 
But Putin's choice of new prime minister is also quite telling. Mikhail Mishustin, former head of the Russian tax, Federal Tax Service, has a reputation as an effective and reliable technocrat. It's likely that Putin sees in him someone capable of managing the national projects and also someone to be relied on in helping to orchestrate a stable transition of power. Mishustin is also said to have composed, by the way, the music of a few hits by Russian pop star Grigory Leps. So, you know, we could say that he's a man of unexpected talents. That's interesting. But how big a constitutional shakeup are we witnessing? Is the level of change unprecedented in Russia? Well, this isn't the first time we've seen constitutional reform in Russia. Let's not forget the November 2008 amendments when Medvedev took office, effectively raising the presidential term from four to six years. However, the recurring theme in constitutional reform in Russia's post-Yeltsin history has been the preservation of power by Putin and the search for legitimacy. The current package of reforms stands out as a subtle but no less significant attempt to reconfigure the Russian constitution for the sake of Putin's political survival. This is certainly, I think, the boldest set of proposals to date. The transition that Putin is looking to engineer appears to mirror Kazakh leader Nusultan Nazarbayev's managed succession last year, as you mentioned earlier. Are there really strong parallels? Of course, it's tempting to draw parallels between the Nazarbayev transition in May 2019 and what many believe Putin will do in Russia. The Nazarbayev exit, whereby he retreated from the presidency into an all-powerful national security committee, is of course one of many options for Putin come 2024. However, Russia and Kazakhstan have key differences that those in the Kremlin know better than to ignore. Putin does not enjoy the levels of personal support Nazarbayev does, nor is the Putin regime and its grasp on Russia's political and business elites as sturdy as uh, that of Kazakhstan. The president spoke to the Federal Assembly about the need for a unified system of public authority, which would unite federal, regional and municipal authorities. But so far we know little really about what an enhanced state council could look like with uh, Putin at its head. Nazarbayev's constitutional manoeuvrings provoked a few opposition demonstrations, but otherwise proceeded smoothly. Could Putin face more challenge to his plans? So far there's been little public protest, but it's likely there will be some resistance from opposition groups in the upcoming months. Some of Russia's most reliable pollsters have marked a significant decline in Putin's approval ratings in the last year or so, and uh, any protests could attract participation from some of the more politically disenfranchised elements of the Russian capital, who have traditionally kept away from opposition activism. The proposed changes will not come into effect for at least the next few years, and so mobilising public resistance to them centred around critical dates and events will, of course, difficult. What do you see as the major risks for Putin as he forges ahead with his proposed changes? Putin faces the twin challenge of maintaining legitimacy in the face of declining public support, as well as orchestrating a transition of power that does not expose the regime to sabotage or inter-elite conflict, the likelihood of which is increasingly apparent in, in today's Russia, it seems to me. The appointment of Mishustin as Prime Minister was telling in this regard, as an effective and reliable technocrat who can be relied on to implement effective government while posing no threat as a potential usurper. Will Putin be able to draw on sufficient support from Russia's political elites to overcome any obstacles that come his way? So far it's hard to say. Um, many of Russia's most influential people in government, the security services and business, owe their 
continued success to either to Putin's generosity or to his mercy. Uh, the reorganization of the balance of power in Russia could upset these relationships. Russian history does not have a good precedent of peaceful transitions of power. The Putin regime is top-heavy and increasingly lacks support as it's driven Russia into political isolation on the world stage. Um, at the same time, population is feeling the economic squeeze of life under sanctions. So uh, a soft transition of power is not a certainty, even in a managed democracy like Russia. Whether Putin succeeds with his ambitions will become apparent come 2024. Thanks, Nathan. And that ends this podcast. If you would like to discuss any of the issues raised, please contact Alico's Director of Research, James Burkett. His email is jbirkett at alico.com. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.